Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Politically Speaking Podcast, a post-election wrap-up here. I'm your host, Chris McDaniel, a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Joining me in studio is probably a tired... Uh, Jason Rosenbaum. I'm somewhat tired. And? Joe Manis, who is always tired. <laughs> and our guest this week is definitely tired. Two hours of sleep, but... You know, I'm feeling I'm feeling well. This is St. Louis County executive, executive elect. elect Steve Stanger, who came about ahead in a nail biter, yes. wouldn't yeah. you say? Yeah, and graciously agreed to come on, on the show. Yeah. He's up there with Tom Dempsey, who does the morning after the veto sessions for us. So. Yeah. Yeah, Senate, Senate thanks for joining case. us. Oh, I'm really glad to be here. So you get a gold star for that. <laughs> well, thank you. So the results last night, uh, it was... Less than 1%, Joe? Yes, it was roughly 0.6%. How many votes was that? It's about 1,700, almost 1,800 votes, but about 1,780. So you, you came out on top for part of the night. You were actually trailing. I, I asked you this last night, and you said that you weren't really sweating it for any part of it. You know, I, I told you this last night. I don't know if it's something that's peculiar to my personality or not, but I just don't get really nervous or scared about stuff it just kind of rolls off me so it, it you know the things that you know were you know happening last night were just rolling off me and um having a good knowledge of kind of where we thought the yeah. votes were, were coming from and uh and when, where our future votes might be coming from it, it gave me some confidence in in the result but it, it's got to be kind of striking um that in on August fifth you won by thirty plus percentage points, and now you end up winning the uh, the post by a fraction of a percent, and it's not necessarily because of you, but just because the way fortunes had changed, political fortunes, things that have been going on the last three months. Uh, was that something that you had to get? I'm sure on uh, the night of August fifth you had no idea that you would end up in this, you know. I, precarious position although you ended up winning no you're right and you know when 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 um well i should say it this way we try to plan you know in a campaign for every eventuality that we can foresee and you know on august 5th we don't know what's going to happen august 6th and we certainly didn't know what was going to happen on august 9th um and we didn't know what would happen after that you know and so we sort of just have to, you know, the play. We have to play the hand we're dealt, and um, you know, we, we had a successful strategy, you know, to deal with the issues that we were confronted with throughout the campaign, and um, and in the end, we were victorious. And I'm really happy and humbled by that result. Should you have won by more, though? I mean, Bill Corrigan lost to an arguably more flawed candidate in Charlie Dooley in ten. He lost by three percentage points. The fact that you only won by half a percentage points, does that say anything about your campaign at all? No, I don't think so. I think that it's more of the dynamics of, of this particular race, really. You know, I think we – and once again, I, I'm saying this without knowing what the ultimate numbers, mm -hmm. you know, were. were for, yeah, we don't that, know it you know, either. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah, and we don't know what the township results were. We don't know it precinct by precinct. But I think once we do know that, we'll be able to make a good analysis. But I would suspect – that there was light voter turnout, and I would suspect that there might have been light Democratic turnout. Why do you think – I mean, and this was a national thing. It I was. Mean, basically, it was. I said this uh, <clears throat> earlier, is that you basically were one of the few Democrats left standing right. after this huge Democrat, I mean, Republican wave right. nationally and regionally. Right. Uh, so is there any particular thing that you think contributed to the fact that you're – you won? 
narrowly, well, but you won. You know, I, I'll say I had a, I had a great campaign team, and I think that everyone on the campaign executed really well. And um, you know, certainly, I, I think we'd all agree there weren't any any major foibles or any major mistakes. You know, that, that would that made the paper or made the news or made you know a podcast like this. So uh, you know, things <laughs> they, made a major you, podcast. Made a major like podcast. Right. So well, I mean, your 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 opponent in the primary stumbled in a podcast. So, but continue. But well, see, there you go, and look what happened. So uh, <laughs> you, you were outcome determinative once again. <laughs> right. But, but yeah. no, for real. Um, you know, there's just no way to know what's going to happen, and the best thing you can do is be prepared. And and we, I think, we were prepared for for what came. And ultimately, we're victorious. And it was a tough year. It was a tough election for Democrats. And to be standing, you know, I'm very happy to be sitting here today saying that we won last night. Now, the Ferguson up unrest, though, kind of hit you right in the face last night with all, with protesters showing up at your event, having to be some were arrested by police and they were interrupting your victory speech. I know you made comments last uh, last night about it, but looking ahead, are there concrete things that you will be doing or already have started doing to try to at least either heal the rift or get some communication going between you and some of the Democratic officials who opposed you? Well, you know, those conversations have already begun, and, and you know, they've particularly begun in the African-American community. And, you know, you saw that um, I was endorsed by Congressman Lacey Clay. Right. Um, I was endorsed by um, Betty Thompson. A former state representative and a and a and a, and a, a mover in the civil rights movement. Um, also, Leslie Broadnax, uh, committee woman and former uh, candidate for St. Louis County prosecuting attorney. You know that was that was a really interesting and great endorsement, and it was great. I mean, she showed a great deal of character uh, coming out like she did, and you know, knowing what my relationship was with Bob McCullough. And she came out and said, hey, I'm going to be supportive, which was uh, very much appreciated by me. And, uh, you know, to have both of their support in the primary was great. And and a lot of dialogue opens up around these relationships, you know. Um, you know, particularly Lacey Clay's endorsement really opened up a lot of dialogue. It really did. And I think it, uh, it, it gave, um, you know, it, it gave certain almost almost in a way like almost like a permission and to open up dialogue you know for individuals in the community which was great and and we've seen a lot come from that now some of the people that didn't endorse you the so-called Fannie Lou Hammer coalition you classified them as a splinter group and granted you as you just mentioned some african americans did support you but many of these people that were in that group are are elected officials locally of some of the places of the greatest need in the county the place that you want to turn the Office of Community Empowerment to. Sure. How are you going to be able to work with some of these people that actively opposed you even after the primary? I think it would be, I think it's going to be easier than you intuitively might think. I think that, uh, I think that many of the individuals involved are going to set aside their current feelings because I think their community's best interest is going to require it. And I think at the core of it, they are public servants, and they want to serve the public. And I know I do. And that's why I'm certainly willing to, you know, I don't really have any hard feelings as I sit here. I really don't. I, you know, I understand it's politics, and people have many motivations for why they do the things they do. But I'm certainly willing to extend the olive branch. And for anyone who's listening to this show, this podcast, 
um, you know, I hope they take me seriously with that because I, I, I do. We, we need to move forward in St. Louis County. I said it last night in my acceptance speech. We need to move forward and we need to move forward together and we need to do it now. We have a, we have a very small window. Yeah. So, so what are some of these things that you can do to bridge this divide? What are some of the concrete things that you can well, do? Well, I think, you know, as, as I begin to take action in my first 100 days, I think that for individuals who are interested in really partaking in public service for their communities, it's almost as if you have no, cho- no choice but to partake because we are going to move forward. Um, you know, something that I talked about in the primary was forming a division of of community empowerment that will deal with many of the issues that I think manifested themselves um, from the events surrounding Ferguson. Um, and this, this department of county government is going to be a department that focuses resources of St. Louis County. You know, and right now we, we have resources that are making their way into the community, but this is going to be a department that focuses those resources and brings them to bear around particular situations. Like for instance, this department will interface regularly with what is now called the, the Department of Highways and Transportation, but or Highways and Traffic, but will be, I'm going to rename it within the first 100 days, to the Department of Transportation because we need to start thinking about transportation much more broadly in St. Louis County. And as we begin to rebuild and bring in economic development, to all areas of St. Louis County, we need to do that very thoughtfully, and it needs to be done thoughtfully in conjunction with our transportation system, particularly our public transportation system, uh, developing um, community centers around transportation nodes in St. Louis County is going to be important, I think, in the future. And we see some of that being done now, and we need to partner with agencies to do more of that. And this Department of, of, of Empowerment is going to do just that. We also have a Children's Services Fund. And that Children's Services Fund has $80 million. I talked about it in yes. the primary, talked about it in the general. It's very important for our community. And it has $80 million, two years of funding sitting in it currently. And we need to get that money distributed into the communities that it needs to serve. Now, will you have to spend and, and, that and money? And the Department of Empowerment will be focused on that. Will you, will you have to spend that money on children's needs, though? Or can you broaden that or not? Well, right now, it's children's needs. And that's, I mean, it's always going to be children's needs. And it's it's zero to 19 years of age for, the, for well, I should okay. say, you know, uh, from birth to 19. Okay. Um, so it, it, it it's statutorily directed toward children. And if you look at who is most affected by poverty by any statistic, children are affected more deeply than adults are. They're, they're affected profoundly. Um, so this fund can be used to, uh, to affect change in our communities. Now, I know you have talked a lot about doing an audit and then maybe rearranging some money because if you're doing this um – um, Office of Community Empowerment. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to have to be funded somehow. Yeah, it'll be. It'll. It will be at no additional cost to our budget, because we will be able to essentially reorganize our resources in a way that makes them focused. Um, and right now, you know, many of our resources are spread in multiple departments, and we'll be able to take individuals from some departments and place them in the Department of Community Empowerment. And um, I think we'll we'll get some some real results from this. Have you decided who's going to head that? No, not yet. You know, I'm, I'm working on putting together a transition team. And of course I've been working on it now <laughs> for about 
three hours because that's <laughs> about how long I've been awake. Yeah. But I am. I'm already thinking about it and, and, and putting together thoughts well, in my mind. Well, one of the things that's kind of going to be important over the next few weeks is the fact that you're the county executive elect. But yes. this, it's very possible this grand jury decision could come in before you're inaugurated. And Charlie Dooley, the current county executive, could still be in charge. And I don't want to prejudge the situation because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know whether it's going to be a situation where there is an indictment. But in either scenario, it's possible that there could be, you know, a lot of protests, some unrest. So as county executive elect, when you're in this limbo period, what are you going to do in that in that instance when this grand jury decision is announced? And what can you do when you're not county executive during that time? Well, you know, I'll I'll start with this general statement. I'm going to do all that I can do. You know, I'm currently a county councilman, so I do have a seat at the table. But I don't have the authority that the county executive has, and only the county executive has that. And I think that out of respect for the current county executive, it's not really my place to try to step into his shoes. He's he's He rightfully holds that office, and he should, and that's his responsibility. Uh, but what I can do is offer my support, and I do offer my support. And um, I will offer my support uh, to the county executive, and I'll be helpful in any way that I can be. And I sure would like to know, you know, what's, what his plans are and what his intentions are, because at the end of the day, I'll be taking over on January 1st. And it's going to be really important to, I think, the future of St. Louis County to have the next county executive as part of these discussions and part of the dialogue that's But you two guys haven't gotten along very well. Is there going to be this dialogue, given that it's so important, what happens during that period? Well, and I can only speak for myself, and I'm only in control of myself. And I can tell you that um, I'll certainly be available to have those conversations and to have that dialogue and to participate in any way that I can and hopefully participate meaningfully. Um, but I'm certainly ready to do that, and I want to do that for St. Louis County, absolutely. Now, um, Hazel Irby, who had endorsed uh, Rick Stream, is still head of the council, correct? For like two more months. Right, but still, during the time that this, uh, the decision will come back down, there was a number of people on Dooley's payroll who either directly or indirectly were believed to be involved in the Stream's campaign. Does that add any attention to all this or um i guess they are assuming that their jobs are going to be gone january 1st any thoughts about how all that's going to be approached well you know from my perspective i'm going to approach it with the best interest of st louis county and its residents in mind so i i come to this with an open mind and an open heart i i really want to work with everyone and I'm going to make all efforts that I can to try to work with everyone. And I think that's really important for everyone. I mean, we have to do that. Um, so what I think we saw recently was, um, you know, we saw political motivations of, of all sorts. And we need to set those aside. And we need to move forward together. I mean, that, that's why moving forward together, and I keep saying together, is so important. It's going to take everyone. And and um, Hazel Irby is is going to be an important part of how we move forward. So I, I certainly hope that she'll, um, you know, she'll be open to dialogue, discussions, and action. Well, one of the interesting things about your election is that one of the charges against you in the August primary, and it was whispered by some of the protesters, was that they contended you weren't Democratic enough, that you were a bit more conservative on some issues. And so now, here you are, um, in effect, uh, one of the major Democratic players in the region, if not the state, 
uh, Mayor Francis Slay often has had the same um, accusation against him from time to time. I'm interested if there's any, if you've had even time to think about just the, 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 the fact that not, not only will you have a governmental role, you're going to have a political role to play. No, and I understand what you're saying. And I, and I guess what I would, you know, the only part of what you said that I would challenge is that, um, you know, the charges are levied that I've been too conservative. I, that's something I haven't heard. Um, and, and I guess, you know, coming out of the Democratic primary, Democrats, you know, chose, you know, the, the, the nominee. And certainly there was some Republican crossover. crossover. But, you know, the vast majority, it was a Democrat decision. Um, and certainly anyone can vote in the primary, but it was a Democrat decision. I mean, I think I, I would estimate that it was probably a somewhere around a 20-plus point spread just among Democrats in that race. So I mean, I think they really spoke definitively that they wanted me to be the nominee. So I think that's proof that, you know, I'm Democratic enough. Now, the county executive represents Democrats, Republicans, independents. He, he, he or she represents everyone, and that's what I'm interested in doing. So, um, you know— I think moving forward, what we're really looking for in St. Louis County are common sense solutions to our issues, you know, that are sensitive to the issues that have, you know, manifested themselves through through Ferguson. Without getting too much in the weed of county council politics, which probably has three people who are actually interested in it, <laughs> when you become county executive, you'll have a four to two majority. Two of those members, uh, Pat Dolan and Michael Mayer, I would say are allied with you. Um, you also have had good relationships with Colleen Wassinger, who's a Republican. And there's two kind of unknowns, Mark Harder, who's going to be a new member, and Sam Page, who's still kind of a newish member. I really haven't established who they're aligned with. And obviously, Hazel Irby has kind of chafed against you at some point. And Page, Page is, is a Democrat, just so the listeners know. So, and, and also, since your seat is going to be vacant and could potentially be filled by a Republican— do you feel like you're going to have the majority necessary on the council to accomplish some pretty substantial changes to county government? Or is it going to really be dependent on what happens maybe next April with your seat? No, I think uh, I think I'm going to be fine. You know, either way, I really do. I have a great relationship with Sam Page. Uh, he's a he's a real gentleman and, and he's been, you know, really good thus far on the St. Louis County Council. Um, so I don't think we're going to have any issues with respect to that. I, I, I would expect that my relationship with Colleen will continue to, uh, to uh, you know, of course, be maintained and grow. And she's uh, she's a, a great legislator. And, uh, you know, we've really worked on a lot of things together. You know, back in 2011, you covered a lot of the uh, the budget issues that we were having. And it was Colleen and I who sat down together and uh, hammered out the budget issues that we had and figured them out in a, in a very bipartisan fashion. Yeah, the so. reason I mention this is one of the pitfalls of, of Dooley in his last two years or so is he really hasn't had a governing majority on the council. So he's been yeah. able to be blocked at a lot of points. And I just wonder, it seems like you're in a better position to avoid that pitfall. But, you know, it's the council is a is a strange beast sometimes. Yeah. Well, I learned a lot from that situation with, with Charlie um, Dooley. And I think, you know, chief among the things you have to do with the council is communicate. I mean, really, you have to really communicate your vision. And you want to try to have the council members um, invest in your vision with you. You know, and that's what you have to do. They have to know what it is. It has to be communicated. And you have to, you know, um, you have to show them what you're offering their district, you know, because it's not about personal politics on that council at all. It's really about we have individuals who truly care about the districts that they represent. And they want to see, 
you know, how how is their district going to benefit from your vision, and, and how are they going to bring value to their constituents? And that's what they're trying to do. Is there a South County Democrat you have in mind to run for for your seat yet? You know, I'm I'm thinking about that, and and you know, it's it's certainly not my choice. It's it's the choice of the uh, committee. committee people yeah. within the district. So it will ultimately be their decision. Um, is there somebody that I have a preference for? You know, I really was careful not to put the cart before the horse. And so uh, I'm thinking about those things now. If there is a person that I have a preference, I'd certainly make it known to the committee people in my district. But as of right now, I really I don't have anybody yeah, in mind. Probably the last thing on your mind right now. Well, right now, but you know, it, but sure, it, it you know, will be important there, next year. Oh, it will be. And, and, and I'm sure that uh, people will be talking about that and thinking about that. And I just don't have anyone in mind right now. Now, um among your endorsements was by the uh, police groups. Yes. And, of course, they played somewhat of a major role, even if behind the scenes, like at some of the fundraisers and other events protecting you, and like last night. But my, but there's also been a lot of discussion about how to either revamp some of these municipal police operations, which are not under your control, I want to emphasize. Mm-hmm. But still, there's going to be a lot of police issues. I mean, because the same... St. Louis County Police did come under fire over some accusations about how they dealt with stuff in Ferguson. As the county executive, is there anything in that you've either been talking about or that you're thinking about as far as how to either revamp police operations or, or, or discussions that you think need to be had? Well, you know, what the county executive really has in, within the county structure, let's talk about the county first. The county executive has really one point of authority with respect to the police board. Well, there's actually two. There's the budgetary process, and then there's also um, police board and the appointments to the police board. Uh, I have a good relationship with the police board members, and, you know, the things that I'm going to talk about, and there's things that I've already begun, you know, talking to them about. You know, I'd like to see us have a police force that is representative of the individuals uh, that it represents. Uh, with respect to minorities, I'd like to see a similar participation uh, that we see in the community. Um, and I've already begun, you know, to try to bring that to different levels uh, of the police department in my conversations with the police board and with our police chief, you know, having open and honest discussions about it. We recently had a situation where uh, we had one African-American lieutenant colonel on the command staff, and I encouraged our police chief to open that up to an additional African-American gentleman, uh, Troy Doyle, uh, who just was promoted about uh, three weeks ago to lieutenant colonel. So we we have an additional African-American member on that command staff who is now a lieutenant colonel rising from the rank of captain. And I thought that was really important to do. And certainly they didn't have to do what my suggestion was, but, but, you know, through discussions and conversations, I think they saw that it was a, a good idea and they did it. Um, and I think it was important to show at that high rank that we have a, a, a really nice diversity. Um, and I think we need to see that through all ranks. And we need to see it as a, as a matter of uh, the number of members of our police force. So these smaller police departments, though, outside of the infrastructure of, of the you know, county government, is there anything that can be done? You know, St. Louis County has... Um, a great deal of infrastructure in many of our municipalities. So we certainly have a, a platform upon which to speak uh, in dealing with issues related to municipalities. But, you know, I, I don't think you're going to get very far as the county executive trying to tell municipalities what to do when you don't have the authority to do it. And I'm certainly not going to do that. But I, I will certainly make my suggestions known and what my thoughts are 
with respect to particular police departments. Um, and like you said, you know, and we've all acknowledged the county executive just doesn't have the authority to tell a small municipality what it should do with its police force. But I think what we're going to see over time is that there is a real value in utilizing the economies of scale that we have in the county, you know, with respect to training. Um, you know, we're internationally accredited in St. Louis County. We have a very good uh, police department. And uh, some small municipalities have already chosen on their own accord. Um, and in some instances, it was, you know, municipality chose, you know, it, there was some, you know, a little bit of tumultuous circumstances, but it had nothing to do with the county, um, particularly in Jennings. Uh, Jennings chose to use St. Louis County Police Department. I think it's been working out very well for them. And I think we may see more of that as time goes on there's, in the future. There's been some rumblings through the national media of all places that Ferguson may dissolve their police department and go with the county. First of all, have you heard anything about that through, like, internal channels? And second, is that really going to solve the problem, given that there are so many other police departments, not only in North County, but also in other parts of the county that have problematic records? Like, for example, Ledoux's police department has been constantly accused of racial profiling for years, but I don't hear any calls for their police department to be dissolved and replaced by the county. Like, is it a more sure. expansive solution needed, basically, than just dissolving Ferguson's department? Well, I would say that there is probably, you know, a more expansive solution. And, you, you, you know, you had asked me about what the county executive's role might be in particular departments. Um, you know, in, in the case of a situation like Jennings, you know, they utilize St. Louis County Police. It's been working very well for them. And as I said, I think we're going to see more of that over time on a voluntary basis. Um, what other solutions are available on a broader basis and perhaps at a higher level, that might have to be achieved at a you know a state level of legislation, and it certainly can't be achieved at a county level. And I can tell you that I'm very open to uh, to you know receiving any proposals and discussing anything surrounding those issues. I'd be happy to. Now, how has your relationship with Bob McCullough, the county prosecutor, been affected or not? By all this that's gone on the last few months, I mean he was one of your arguably your first major uh, supporter when you first announced over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just curious about how that relationship has evolved or changed with all the unrest. You know the rela- the relationship really hasn't changed, and it hasn't changed because I can tell you uh, that I I have not participated in any of his decisions that he's made with respect to the investigation. I don't know, Joe, any more than you do about what's going on with the investigation. It's not something that I have ever felt was appropriate to ask him. And, um, you know, I think one of the one of the key factors in any relationship is probably boundaries. And that's just nowhere near, you know, any boundary that I have in that relationship with him. I, I don't ask him things that I think would be inappropriate to ask. And I think they would be, you know, and, and I don't, you know, frankly, I don't want to know. I think that it's... Uh, you know, I'll know with everybody else, and it's not anything that uh, I should know. You know, that it would be inappropriate. Now, as county executive, while you don't have any control, but other than potentially budget influence, is over the county board of elections. And sure. there were some who were pretty critical of how things went yesterday. Um, I'm curious if that caused any sweating in your campaign. I mean, with all this thing with the paper ballots and running out of ballots and all this. Yeah. And is there anything you're thinking about doing or recommending? I mean, granted, the governor appoints the commissioners who in turn appoint the staff. But 
some of the staff have ties to Dooley and all mm-hmm. that. I'm curious if you've given, given any thought about that. Well, I've given it some thought, and, and, and I think the main thing that needs to be done initially is we need to know what happened. You know, I've heard about things anecdotally at this point, secondhand, and I think we need to, you know, really dig into this and find out exactly what went wrong and almost take an inventory of what the issues were. But, you know, the paper ballots and sort of a failure to anticipate what the volume of the electorate was going to be, that does trouble me. And it doesn't trouble me because it was my election. It troubles me for everyone's elections and for all the voters in St. Louis County. We have to have a great deal of integrity in our electoral process. I mean, that's the cornerstone of our of our democracy. And uh, as county executive, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna demand that. Yeah, because it's not the first time. Remember, we're two years removed from having to redo an election in yes. uh, in uh, St. Louis County yes. because there was uh, basically a screw up with the polling places. Yes. So this isn't an this isn't an isolated incident. No, for me. it's not. And, and you know, it's it's like landing airplanes. You know, error is unacceptable. We can't have errors in this. I mean, you really can't. It's just something that's too critical to the functioning of our very society and our community. We can't have it. it, ha- it, it these elections have to be perfect. We can't have that, those problems. Now, so, now one, of the, one, of the, one of the things that happened from a political standpoint is that I understand that your campaign and Jill Shoup's campaign for the state Senate, that there was some coordination or at least some cooperation, which has been unusual among some Democratic candidates. Is there anything that you took away from that? Because, I mean, arguably her victory in that 24th district was arguably crucial to helping you getting those few extra votes. Oh, sure. You know, and and we knew, and I and I knew that her election, well, her election was important to me because I wanted to see her win. And, and her election was important to me as well for my race, um, you know, secondarily. So we did coordinate some things, and it happened at the campaign level, not really the candidate level. Uh, but some things were coordinated, and I think it worked out well for both of us, which was great. I was glad to see it. So while we're on the, the discussion of ballots and electoral integrity, you came out on top by less than 1%. I know um, Rick Stream called you and congratulated you, but are you are you worried at all that there's going to be any sort of recount process? I did not get that impression from him okay. that he was interested in a recount. And if he is, you know, that's his right to do that. And I'm fine with that. Um, but he didn't give me that impression. We had a really nice conversation. We were very cordial to one another, despite what our ads may in have fact, been saying fact, about I'm, each other. I'm glad we you were, mentioned we, <laughs> we, we, were, uh, we were very cordial to one another. And when we had meetings in person, he and I, had we expressed no animus. I mean, we, we got along quite well. And uh, he was a gentleman throughout. And, you know, it, it was a political campaign. He may be back. In two years running for that state Senate seat, and I think he may win. So we'll now, see. Was there, of your ads, including the attack ads, was there any one or two that were particularly effective? I mean, because when you win by less than 1,800 votes, obviously you're going to be, and you and your campaign are going to be looking at what worked and what didn't. Sure. You know, and, and I, I don't want to relive the campaign, and I want to, you know, I want to, I, I'm only answering okay. this, I want to make this clear. I'm only answering this because you asked me. But, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think it was important to demonstrate it. You know, I never made any assertions about his character, and, I, and I'm not going to, and I wouldn't. But I did talk about his record. And I thought that his voting record in, 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 in the state house was um, not particularly what mainstream St. Louis County would want to see in a county executive. 
Um, and I'm talking about some of the issues related to uh, guns and have voter identification and the birther movement and all those types of things, those types of votes. Um, and, you know, not to delve too deeply into those, but that's if there was something that I thought maybe was effective, I think maybe that would would have been you know, what was effective because the record demonstrated something that I think was outside of mainstream. Now the house speaker, the new house speaker, John Deal is also from St. Louis County. I mean, is there anything you're going to be doing to reaching? Uh, do you know him at all? Yes, I do. I know John. He and I get along well. Ooh. Oh, that's good. Now, so is there anything <laughs> particular that sure. you guys might be working on? Do you think? Um, I, I, you know, I'll work on anything that's positive for our County and anything that's positive for our region and, you know, we may have uh, differences of opinion with respect to, you know, party issues. But outside of those, we, you know, we're not going to let politics stand in the way of public service. And I, I think John's a dedicated public servant. And I think I know I am. So I think we'll be able to reach common ground on a lot of things. Well, last question. I I think you put in about $400,000 of your own money. So will you essentially be county executive for free for the next four years? <laughs> Uh, well, and you know, would that, would I, that, will that make you more independent because you basically <laughs> aren't doing it for the money? You know, I, I I can't put it like that, but I will tell you that I'm very happy to serve uh, St. Louis County. I I uh, I've lived here my whole life, and I've lived in our region. I've lived in St. Louis City, and I've lived in St. Louis County. I've, I've spent about half my life in the city, half my life in the county, and I love it. And I want to see it prosper, and I want to see it grow, and I want to see its its citizens have all they can have. And uh, I want to participate in its in its uh, in its growth and, and in its prospering. What right. what 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 happens to your law firm and all your businesses while you're county executive? Well, um, it just so happens my wife is a lawyer, so uh, <laughs> so so my wife will likely take over my law firm, and uh, it's really our law firm, I should say. Uh, she's been uh, with me working in it in some capacity for about eight years, and she's been an attorney for about three years. So um, she's ready to do that, and she's very talented and very, very bright and does a great job, and, and our clients really like her a lot, and uh, they like our other associates as well. We've got four associates, well, actually five associates right now and three partners, and uh, I've got great partners. Uh, both my partners are excellent, and we've actually operated our business on a handshake for about 17 and a half years, and I'm going to miss them a lot. And uh, she'll take over very nicely. She'll become a partner in the firm, and they really like her and enjoy her a lot as well. So, Excellent. All right. You have other interviews to go to today, and I I, I believe we have a baby in the studio. Oh, so do, is we, Madeline Jane we, here? We do need to go and, and say hello. Oh, there she <laughs> is. Yes. There's the baby. <laughs> All, all right, right, so I will close this out here. Um, you can read all of our stories, including our wrap-up of last night's events, at stlpublicradio.org. You can follow me on Twitter at, at @csmcdaniel. Jason, you can be followed on Twitter. Jay Rosenbaum. And Joe? At Jay Manis. It's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. And you can be followed on Twitter as well. At Steve Stenger. We'll be back next week. Until then, so long.